Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things you've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. And my name is Ruthie. So did you ever have that uh, feeling ever where you think, like, you, you wonder, you know what? I don't know where my parents are. Did you, have you ever had that feeling? Like in adult life or when it, you're a kid? It just Well, no, I guess in a, as adult <laughs> life. Because, like, you know, when you're a kid, you can get lost in the grocery store and you're like, where's mom? I mean, yeah, I mean, put it that way. I mean, that I definitely experienced. And I have that, I have that story getting lost in the in a shopping mall when I was like seven years old or something. But the point is, like, as an adult, you know, like, like you're, you're, you're used to the fact that you live somewhere else from your parents' house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you assume they're like either at their home or at work or something like that. But yeah. have you ever had the feeling where you're like... You don't know where they are. <laughs> like, you really have no idea where they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually, like, you know how you end up becoming the parents and you're you're like, where were you? Why weren't you picking up your phone? I was worried, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right. So so I had some, a very similar experience. Well, similar. I have a similar... I said similar again. I, I had an experience like that <laughs> recently. My parents uh, was going to go to the, back to the Philippines to for my cousin's wedding, right? And mm-hmm. they took American Airlines, and they were supposed to do like a stop uh, change of flight. But it, what was that called? In in a Shanghai, I think a layover. No, no, not a layover. Was it really, in Shanghai? It wasn't really a layover over because of the fact that they're just changing planes, right? Hong oh, Kong. so it was literally like a change of planes. Change of planes. So American Airlines to Hong Kong and then from Hong Kong to the Philippines. That was, that's what mm-hmm. it was going to do. On their way to Hong Kong, I guess somebody got sick in the plane. So they were they were diverted to Beijing, China. Right? All the way there? All oh, the way that's... there. I don't know why all the way there, but all the way there. So, so essentially, I didn't even know that that happened until... Okay, uh, I, I let them... I dropped them off at the airport on a Wednesday night. By Thursday morning, I think. By Thursday morning, uh, I get a text from your mom saying, "Hey, yeah. by the way, they got diverted to Beijing." And like, what? Yeah, we all got that. Yeah. Right. So, so I thought, like, okay, well, things will be fine, right? The and next, she said it was because of a sick passenger. For a sick passenger, right? Yeah. I go about my day like normal, right? Taking, but by the next morning, I'm like. Wait a minute! I haven't heard from anybody who happened to the parents. <laughs> Maybe, but she did say they were staying overnight. Yeah, but still, it's like, like, like. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, okay, uh, it's been a day. It's been a day since I got that text, right? Like, how long were they going to stay there? So I literally had that feeling, like, wait, I have no idea where they are. They could either still be in Beijing, they could be in Hong Kong, they could be in the Philippines, and I have no way of getting hold of them. It cause... could be a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and the sick passenger was infected. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, I mean, Beijing is in North Korea, but I mean, <laughs> it was that kind of a thing, like, like I hope nothing bad happened, kind of thing. So I, I did text my parents. Uh, I didn't try to call them because you know it's not gonna work. So I, I texted my parents, left left a message on Facebook Messenger, like, hey, um, I haven't heard from you yet. I don't know where you guys are. Can you message me back? You know, I never got that message back, right? And not until they were actually in the Philippines eventually. And then, like, I think after I sent the message, I got I get a response, like, hours later. Kind of thing. Hey, we're in the Philippines, blah, 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 blah. So, it, yeah, it was just a weird feeling. I don't know. It's like the first time I've ever, as an adult, first time I've ever had that feeling. And it was very unsettling. Very weird, right? To be the ones worried about your parents. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it, it, Aww, I mean, Albert's it's... first experience with worrying for his parents. <laughs> I never, I never had to worry about my parents. They were always fine, you know. Uh, my mom's always missing. <laughs> your mom's always so you're used to it. So I'm used to it. Like there were times when I was in college and I'm like I'd be home early, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yeah, I'll be home soon." And then like ten o'clock in the evening goes by. And then, like, 12 o'clock, she's still not home. I'm like, where is mom? <laughs> like, and it turns out she's, like, out with her friends having dinner. I'm like, what the heck? I'm in college. I'm the one who's supposed to be out late, not, yeah. like, looking for her. <laughs> but 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 to, just to explain the whole the story there, I guess. So, passenger got sick. They were they were in Beijing. Uh, they were there. They were still on the plane for, I guess, a few hours kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. The flight yeah. the the flight attendants didn't tell them anything, but they kind of had an idea what was going on because they could see the sick person, Right. The first people, the first responder to the plane weren't even like medics or whatever. They were like costume people, of course, because you know they don't know if there's like there's like a lie there or somebody's like 
I don't know, zombie apocalypse and <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't even that. And then, and then my contain I guess, all the passengers, keep them on the plane. Yeah. So I get, and I guess my mom got 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 a little a little upset with one of them. Like, can can you at least tell us what's going on, kind of thing? And eventually, yeah. eventually they they had to depart the plane. Uh, American Airlines had to pay for a hotel stay, kind of thing. And then, um, and then throughout the day, they get like messages. Oh, your your transfer flight will be at this time, like eight o'clock. You know, eleven o'clock, one thirty in the morning. You know, seven oh, o'clock in the morning, kind of thing. Not now, not only not only that, but apparently, um, they were also told that their transfer flight from Hong Kong that they were supposed to get the the the, the replacement flight was like at, I think it was like eight in the morning their time, but their the, oh the, the, the flight to leave from Beijing was supposed to be like seven a.m. Their time, so they're like, my dad, my dad how no- are they gonna make it? Exactly, my dad noticed that, calls them, hey, this this is impossible. How are you? How are you supposed to make this, right? So they actually rearranged the, their schedule so that they can get uh, an actual other flight straight from Beijing to the Philippines. So because my dad took initiative, he was able to pull that off. Yeah. Everybody else who didn't, I guess they were they'll they'll be stuck in Hong Kong waiting for another flight to get them to wherever they need uh. to go. So, That's the worst. What a waste of like a day of traveling. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's horrible. This is the reason why I don't like traveling anymore. American <laughs> Airlines is the worst. <laughs> American Airlines is the worst. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll do the show here. Um, for this two hundred and twenty third episode of the show, we are. Go- I'm going to talk about uh, Alita: Battle Angel. No spoilers. Just more like a plea of support here for this this movie that's based on a Japanese manga slash anime. And then we're also going to talk about celebrity encounters because uh, Oscars is coming up, and more of the most of the people who watch the show are watching it for celebrities, I guess. And then uh, we're going to talk about Twenty Three and Me, which is the DNA testing thing that Ruti took, that your mom took, also. And My mom took it. Didn't she? No, only I took it. Did oh, she say she took it? No, I guess not. Then you <laughs> took it. Oh, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Not clarifying the story, <laughs> right? And then, and then I'm gonna, speaking of which, I'm, gonna, I'm uh, speaking of the Oscars. I'm, I am going to talk about the Oscars and essentially the question, uh, why you watch it, kind of situation. All right. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, episode two hundred twenty-three of the Stuff and Junk Show. All right. So as of this recording, there is this movie that came out over the presidential presidential President's Day weekend uh, called Alita: Battle Angel, and it is like. A long ass project that James Cameron had the rights to since 1999, so it's Whoa. it's been a while. It's been a while. He's been kind of stalling doing it because half of it was because oh we're waiting for technology to to actually oh bring it's that this CG movie. Yes, is that the cyber the cyborg chick movie? Yeah, I've been uh, seeing posters of it everywhere. Yeah, and apparently no idea what it was. And apparently Robert Rodriguez went up to Cameron and said, "Hey, you keep promising this movie. Like, if you're not gonna make it, I will." Kind of thing. So so. And for this movie, James Cameron was a producer using using parts of his old script that Robert Rodriguez is gonna make made into this movie. So, but here's the thing: uh, out of all the movies based on an anime or a manga or whatever, like Ghost in the Shell, uh, Speed Racer, that kind of thing, this is the first one I can think of that actually tried to emulate what anime is. So, uh, this is my plea to all anime fans listening to this: watch this movie, support it. Because we need to tell Hollywood that that this is the kind of anime movie we want to see. Um, it's not a it's not a perfect movie. It's not the uh, I wouldn't I would say they could probably improve and stuff about it. But the thing that makes anime very distinct or manga very distinct is that they have a habit of of having plot devices that don't really make sense, or it's either that or they assume you know the history behind the plot device, kind of like a, mm. an old movie trope kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They assume you know this, like, and they don't really give a lot of the details. They just assume you get it, like you get this, right? You get why she's like a three hundred year old cyborg, and we don't need to explain that, right? Is is that right, kind of a you thing? Because you read all the manga, right? Before well, no, you watched no, the movie, no, right? no, no, okay, no, no, so. not, not 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 necessarily reading the manga. Like n- more of a case where these are the kind of sci fi stuff you watch. Like this shouldn't you shouldn't have to bat an eye and and ask like, hey, do do cybers take do do cyborgs take a shit? It doesn't need to be explained, right? It just it just is. Right? There's a lot of stuff in anime where it just is. There's no real explanation. And I guess my concern here when this movie was coming out was like, well, if it's really as anime or as manga as it, as it claims to be, a lot of people, mainstream people, are going to get really confused. They're going to start wondering why why they have like three different plot lines going on at the same time and then try to converge them in the end. It, it, it's just kind of, 
it's it's a genre. Anime and manga is kind of like a genre in itself. Even though they emulate Hollywood storytelling, they kind of made it their own in the sense of like how they tell their stories. There's a lot of like, like I said, plot devices, plot tropes, plot uh, directions that they assume you get it. You know, they, like they don't need to explain it to you. And that was my biggest concern about this movie. Hmm. And, and based on a lot of the critics out there that, that watch this movie, I believe right now it's like 60% of Rotten Tomatoes. So it's fresh, but a lot of critics just like, I don't get it. Like, like why are they doing, why are they telling that story when they could just cut it off? You know, but it adds to the flavor. It adds to the world building of the of the thing. And I don't want to- That's just anime style. That's just anime, you know. And, and the thing is always that this is based on a long running manga series, which is still going on right now, actually. So hmm. I pref- I would have preferred if this was a TV show because then because this this movie kind of falls in the trap of like well it should be it should have just been a TV show because there's too much content too much content and, yeah. a lot of, and a lot of people are like and you could just keep going and going and going on TV and right no that's what I mean that's what I mean by they're, they're <coughs> juggling there was juggling too much plot like a manga and a comic books and anime they can kind of spread out the plot a little bit based on episodes or whatever this one they had to cram it all together and in although. Although it's fun watching cyborg anime characters fighting each other, a lot of people don't get it, kind of thing. But uh, I'm saying for people listening to this who are not giving it a chance, I say give it a chance. Anime people, you need to support this movie. I know it made already 137 million worldwide as of now, uh, but it's like I had a production budget of like 170. And then if you count marketing distribution costs, it's probably like 340 total. So it has a long way to go before it becomes profitable. But wow! But uh, at least he had number one in the domestic box office, which might be enough for for 20th Century Fox to go. You know what? Go ahead and try it again, and see if we can get a sequel. Because <laughs> I want to see a sequel to this. So this is my plea. If you like anime, if you like to tell Hollywood, uh, make more movies based on anime and manga, and do it this way and not like super Americanized way. Then support. Are they over explaining everything? <laughs> Not necessarily. It's like they have to like streamline everything. Oh yeah, that's another word I should have I should have said. This movie does not try to streamline anything. You know, it, it it's either it just is or or it's. I know it's really dense to talk about what we're showing you right now, but but we're not gonna try and baby you and streamline this. This is just the way it is. It's like just catch up in the middle, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. There's no no uh, no giving to, giving it to you on a silver platter. Yeah, like 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 there's this trope in the movie where they don't have police; they have hunter warriors, right? The movie doesn't really try to explain what hunter warriors are. They show you what they are, and they kind of like have one line explaining what they are, but they're not gonna go in depth about it. You know, it's, it's that kind of a thing. It's just like a throwaway plot trope in the movie, in the story that that manga anime people go, "No, I get it. I get what you're doing." You know, it's like it's that kind of assumption. Well, a regular. It's like you just accept the world that they they live in. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, anime does it a lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff that isn't explained. It just it just is. As, as, That's as true. I keep saying, yeah. So I mean, it's a fantasy. So like, it is what it is. You say that, but like I said, if you read the comments online about 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 this movie, there's a lot of people asking way too many questions that I would say are <laughs> nit are very nitpicky questions, or like, why are you even asking that question? It's not important to the whole story, you know. It's like, why is that relevant? Is that kind of a thing? Like, they get so yeah caught up in the small details. Yeah, that that, that they are they are saying like, oh, it's a bad movie because they're not explaining this, they're not explaining that. Why do they have this plot line? It's like that's the movie. <laughs> For anime fans, we're used to this. This is what we're used to. We're used to having like a confusing story storyline being told to us with flashy stuff and and cool scenes. You know, that's that's normal for manga. But yeah, I would say, like I said, not the best adaptation, but it's really close to what I would have wanted from it. Uh, I would say the best anime movie or the Hollywood try to make or manga base is actually Edge of Tomorrow, starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. If you, hmm. didn't, if you didn't know, that movie is based on a manga, right? I did not know that. But it's streamlined. That one is, that one is I would say, it's a streamlined version. Uh, they, they're not using the Japanese characters from the book. They're using like their mm-hmm. own made-up character that, that follows the same storyline as the book, but not completely. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pure adaptation, even though the source material was a manga. Same thing, of course, with Speed Racer, which came out in the 2000s. That's purely like anime-based kind of storytelling. But mm. uh, but this is the one. This is the one that I think that a lot of people need to support. So if you're listening to this, support Alita Battle Angel. And thank you. Let's talk about 
celebrity encounters. Do you have any specific rules about encountering celebrities? Um, <clears throat> well, I live in New York, so it's pretty much ignore them. <laughs> okay, so you, do, you you actually just ignore them. Yeah, like you you just like you you kind of like look at them and like oh okay cool and you just keep walking. <laughs> okay, I mean I mean <laughs> I mean that is more or less kind of what I do. The only time I really encounter celebrities is uh, through Comic Con actually. But then that's like mm. in a professional matter. You see them behind a booth or they're doing autographs or picture taking kind of thing. Yeah, but they're there to be seen. They're but there like, to be seen, yeah. Yeah, they're there to be seen. They're there to interact. Whereas like here, I usually see them like just around. Like you're walking down the street, you like walk, come across them or like you're waiting in line for something. And then all of a sudden Shaquille O'Neal comes up from behind you and ah. just like walking down the street, you know, and you're just like, oh, cool. It's a really tall. He's actually really tall. <laughs> oh, he's actually like, really tall. <laughs> continuating in line. <laughs> but yeah, so so uh, the reason why I'm bringing this topic up is because um, recently this year, for some odd reason, I met like at least a celebrity a month, which is weird. I mean, I go to Disneyland quite often, actually. Mm -hmm. But so far in in January, really quite often, quite often, in, quite in, often, in, quite often. <laughs> in, in January, uh, I I saw Greg Nicotero, which is the the monster guy or the one of the directors of The Walking Dead, the TV show. Yeah, right. I saw him passing by, and and, and he looked like what I, what he looked like that I know what he looked like. Uh, <laughs> and that's when you were like, oh, it's Greg Nicotero. <laughs> right, right. And he walked by, kind of like really fast, not, trying not to look at anybody, and I'm like, hey, that's Greg Nicotero. You know, so it's like. And then, but I could have, I, I could have followed him, but I did not. I chose not to. Um, and then in February, I was walking through the parking structure in in, in Disneyland, and this one this one blonde lady with like this fur coat. I'm hoping it's fake. Uh, was walking by. And she looked pretty. <laughs> and then I looked at I looked at her face. She looked at me, kind of smiled because I was I was staring a little bit because I'm like, huh? She looks like that actress who plays Sarah Lance in in DC's Legends of Tomorrow on the CW show. <laughs> right, kind of thing, and then and that's kind of like oh, you know, blonde women. Maybe they all look the same, right? So mm -hmm. I just kind of walked by, and then I kept thinking like maybe it is her. I think it is her. I really think it's her, right? And then and then and then uh, on the other side, I see her again, and this time she had like a baseball hat on and big giant shades, and uh, and for me I'm like, oh, I think it is her, because <laughs> now <laughs> she looks na now she looks like she's incognito. <laughs> When I saw her in the structure, she was probably <laughs> heading back to her car because she she forgot her big giant hat and her big giant sunglasses. So oh, because everybody started to notice who she was. Probably I don't know. Actually, I don't know because <laughs> I was in in that one particular moment. It was just me and her in in a span of like you know twenty feet or something, kind of thing. Mm. You know, and then we just like walk by, walk past each other. <laughs> so yeah, and and, and I, I was telling uh, I was telling somebody else about that like. I, yeah, like that lady over there. I think that's her, you know. And then she, he was looking. At her, he was doing this like waving kind of thing. She looks our, <laughs> she looks our direction, and then she just kept walking forward, right? <laughs> so I and uh, I bring this up. Oh, and before I also saw Paul Shear, which is a comedian. I ran into him at Disneyland as well. I don't really run, run into a lot of celebrities in Disneyland because uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't really look. It's just one of the cases where the few cases where I actually met some people. But yeah, um, I used to be okay meeting celebrities like going up to them but like i said in the comic con kind of context right yeah because like you expect them to be there yeah but i think you expect to meet them yeah but i think as as the years have gone by i'm now at the point where i don't really want to meet them because the last thing i need is to have a bad celebrity encounter and then like having that memory tarnish whatever project <laughs> they're in right yeah I, I, I yeah go ahead i actually have a similar um encounter where i wasn't expecting to see a celebrity like um I was hanging out with, with some people and then they were like, oh, um, we're just going to stop by a friend's um, rooftop party. She's throwing a birthday party for her boyfriend. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then we end up like around Washington Square Park, which is around NYU. And we go up this uh, like to the roof of this apartment building. And there's like so many like there's a bunch of people just like hanging out on the rooftop. And like I'm just looking around. I'm like why do a lot of these people look familiar? I'm like, okay, whatever. Hmm. So then we go to the table where there's like food and drinks and, you know, bottles of liquor and whatever. So we're picking and choosing like, oh, well, I wonder um, what should we drink? What should we eat? Like, how's the food look to you guys? And then this girl like, like comes out of nowhere and jumps behind the table and she's like, hey guys. 
And one of the, the people I was with was like, hey, how are you? And she's like, good, good. I'm going to pretend to be bartender. What do you guys want to drink? And we were like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, we're still choosing, like, what to drink. Okay. And then this other blonde lady, um, like, just comes up out of nowhere and stands next to her. And she's like, hey, guys. And then we're like, hi, nice to meet you. And they're like, and uh, the friend we were with was like, oh, this is my friend Dakota. And then this is Leslie. And we're like, hi, how are you? And I'm looking at Leslie for the longest time. And because I'm like, she looks so familiar. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hi. I was like, hi. And then as soon as I said that, I was like, in my head, oh, it's Leslie Mann oh. and Dakota Johnson. Oh. oh. So wait, let me guess. Dakota Johnson was the one who was like, I'm going to pretend to be a bartender, right? Yes. Of exactly. course, of course. Yeah, that, that, that kind of yeah. that, that kind of fits my stereotype of what of what I think she is as a person. She's exactly the same as in movies. Like her personality is what it is in person. Mm, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because that, that, that was explain so, why she's kind of almost always typecast to a certain kind of role. I guess. Yeah, kind of because it's it's whatever you see on screen. That's exactly like how she is. Yeah, Mel, 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 Melanie Griffith. I felt so awkward because yeah. like it's a good thing we didn't stay for very long because after ten minutes I'm like. Okay, yeah, I'm ready to leave. And then when we were leaving, um, like one of my other friends was like, "Oh my god, that was Dakota Johnson and Leslie." And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Why aren't you freaking out?" I'm like, "Cause, like, so what? <laughs> like, so what? Cool." No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. We're else in New York. <laughs> I agree. It's it's kind of like I don't think I've ever really fanboyed in in meeting a celebrity or whatever. Just yeah. I try to stay cool and calm about it, you know. And, and at the same time, there you know, there are people too. But yeah. um but unless maybe it's like the backstreet boys and maybe I'll fangirl a little bit. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. I have no comment there. But but I mean I mean I mean I, I, I have met like like known people, like mostly from YouTube, like Megan D and Mary Digby, you know, Clara C kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I'm and and Marie is actually a person that, that I, I've gotten I'm not super close, but she knows who I am, you know. Mm-hmm. And occasionally occasionally I message her on Instagram or Twitter, and occasionally she responds, kind of thing. So, and same thing with Megan D and whatnot. So, yeah, like you guys are acquaintances. We're yeah, we're kind of acquaintances, kind of thing. So, so I mean, those are cool, but I think I think I want to stop it right there because I, I don't want, like I said, my my rule about I don't want to have any bad celebrity encounters because last thing I need is is them dating what I like about them in the first place. And yeah, yeah. And the the two reasons for I came up with a rule was from Comic Con. You know, I met Len Wayne. This is before he died, actually. Uh, no, right before he died, actually. Uh, the creator of the the creator of Wolverine, right? Mm. And he kind of brushed me off, so I'm like, ah, that sucks. But I <laughs> didn't I didn't hold that against him. And then there was yeah. the, and then there was Greg Weisman, who who is a, a relatively known writer for animated shows like the DC Comics, uh, Young Justice, that kind of thing. You know, and and originally I did not want to talk to him because I like to say to him, my other friend. Encouraged me. No, go ahead, ask him a question. Like I don't really want. Go ahead, ask him. Fine. So I went and asked him a question, and it was a stupid question because it's probably one that he heard multiple times. And sure enough, um, I asked him pretty much like, "Oh, uh, any any chance that we might get a Young Justice revival?" You kind of thing, right? And it's like, yeah, I get that question all the time. You know, blah blah blah. blah. You know, and so he's kind of like, like, who leave me alone, buddy? You know, he, he kind of gave me that, that 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 personality, which I don't consider. I don't blame him. I didn't. It was a stupid question. I didn't know what else to ask. That's why, but uh, and by the way, um, apparently he was working on a Young Justice revival, and I guess he just couldn't say anything. Uh, Young <laughs> Justice now available in this universe, uh, but yeah, those those two encounters was kind of like, and there was another another encounter which I'm not gonna mention what it is because I don't want to say this. Kind of kind of was it embarrassing? <laughs> No, it's just I know. I think it was more like it was sad, <laughs> actually. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I I don't I don't want to I don't want to mention it on the podcast itself. But maybe maybe off recording. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of like a thing where like yeah, I don't want to meet them anymore. I don't want. I don't need any more meet and greets. Nothing like that. I used to do it a lot, as you know. Yeah. Concerts and whatnot. Um, yeah. And, but oddly my one of my first meet and greets were no, that's not true actually. I had more, I had meet and greets before them. Uh, Metallica is my favorite band, and I have met them in person. Uh, luckily, I guess they weren't really talking to me <laughs> when I met them. <laughs> it was a weird experience. Uh, I had a meet and greet with them, but at the same time, it was one of those things where there's like a line of people doing the meet and greet, and yeah. and everybody was talking to them at the same time. So when it was my turn to go up there, I couldn't even say anything because somebody else was talking to them, right? <laughs> but at least I got I got at least I got photos with them, and that's that's about it. 
But yeah, but yeah, I mean, celebrity. See, I I can't do that. Like I I can't. I, I I'm just I don't like taking pictures of myself too much to begin with. So okay. like you know how most people are. Can I take a picture with you? Can I take? I'm like. Yeah. I'm good. Like it's good enough that I have a memory of seeing you from afar. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I think one of the coolest meet and greets that I've been on um, was meeting Andre Pirlo, who is like a soccer legend from like the '90s, and he joined New York City FC. He recently retired last year, um, and a friend of ours got meet and greet tickets after the after the game. And we got to meet him, and he's like this huge deal in in soccer. And uh, yeah, it was really cool to meet him. Like that was really cool. It's like you're meeting a super talented person, and then, but I didn't even take a picture with him because I was just like, I'll take a picture of you, like you, you, you know, the fanboys. How, sure. how, how long ago? <laughs> but, how long ago was this? Uh, two three years ago. Oh really? No. Oh. Yeah. Look at you yeah. with your restraints. <laughs> With my what? If I had the option to take a picture with them, I'll take a picture with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have total restraint. I don't have any pictures with celebrities. Oh, well, look at you. <laughs> you clearly I'm very you, proud of that. You clearly don't really know how to use your Instagram. <laughs> I do not. No, I'm too cool for school when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, I won't go out of my way to ask for a picture, but if I had the opportunity, I will. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right. So, listeners, uh, if you ever meet a celebrity... I don't know. I think the coolest thing to do is just leave them alone. Um, play it cool. Play it cool. I, I, I don't mean, be thirsty. <laughs> don't be thirsty. That's true. <laughs> Since this is the 223rd episode of the show, we thought that it would be appropriate to bring up 23 and me. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Put them bumps. Um, so I had actually, I don't, you know what 23andMe is, right, Bert? Yes, but listeners, just in case you don't know what it is, Ruth, you will explain it. Go ahead. It's, um, a DNA test where, and this is not sponsored, I swear, where it's, um, they, you spit in a tube and they examine your DNA and then they give you a breakdown in percentage, um, uh, what you're made of pretty much. And it's actually super accurate. Like they can actually go down to the very county that you have the most matched similar um, genetic material or shared genetic D- or shared DNA with the people who live in the counties of the countries that you represent. What, so, what do you mean? Like the county really specific? Like, like for example, for, for me, um, you know, our, my, our moms are from um, the Ilocos Norte, the Ilocos region. In the Philippines. It would, it like though that though that part of the Philippines lit up and it said like you're this much percentage from Ilocosur and then this is this county from Vigan, from San Fernando Valley, from La Union, okay. um, parts of Manila, and then you know, aside from the whole, the bigger picture where, you know, you like for example, mine says, Oh, mine actually changed. Because my dad actually did it, so I guess they recalculated how much I actually have. Because when I, I first got this, I was originally 93% Filipino and Austronesian. Wait, are 3% you, are, Chinese. Are you looking Are you looking at the result online right now? Yeah, I have the app. Oh, so, then so it, you can it, actually... And then they update it? Yeah, they actually update it. Because oh, if you nice. have... The more okay. you have um, connections with people you're related to uh, genetically, they okay. can actually give you a, a better picture of what you're actually made of. Oh, all so right. So like... Up until yesterday, when my dad got his results and he shared his results with mine, I was ninety three percent Filipino. I was hella Filipino, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, was ninety three percent Filipino and Austronesian up until yesterday. But I guess since my dad um, shared his DNA with my with um, my report, I went down to ninety one percent, and now and my Chinese is still three percent. Native American, 0.2%. And this is because um, they're ancient Asian, not ancient, but around 15,000 years ago, Asians, not Asians, but people from North, Central, and South Asia okay. kind of migrated up and over the Bering Strait when there was still ice bridges over there, and then they migrated into the Americas. Right. So that's why we share um, DNA with Native, a lot of Native Americans. Um, three percent broadly Chinese and Southeast Asian. Only three percent. Only three percent. Yeah, oh, surprisingly. Okay. Um, 
European, 1.6%. I am 0.5 Spanish and Portuguese. Oh, wow. 0.2 broadly Northwestern European, 0.9 broadly European, 0.1 Western Asian and North African. Oh, wow. This is interesting. This is new. It it seems like they're they're really going way back into the past. Like, I know I'm looking at my own timeline, and I'm like, I wish I could show you guys what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, but but that's that. that yeah. I, know, I know one of the things about Twenty Three and Me is they they promote like, oh, you get to know any kind of like, uh, if you have some kind of like diseases or something, or what what, what is it? Yes, um, your health and ancestry. Yeah, okay. and I actually did that one too, and so oh, it's a separate test. Is that is that one test? Yeah, it's two different tests. You can oh. order one or the other or both at the same time for bling, bling bling for 23 and me. <laughs> bling bling for 23 and me. Um then they also go into your health ancestry where they can say, "Oh, you have this mark this variant for Alzheimer's, you have this variant for um this disease and that disease and Crohn's disease okay. or if you're Scandinavian, some other disease that's only specific to Scandinavian people, Ashkenazi Jews, um, uh, sickle cell disease, like if you have variants for that. So like, it's just kind of good to know. Do so they just give um, you a percentage kind of thing? No, they, they just tell you if you have a variant or two or that. Oh. But it, yeah, it, they don't but really... It, but it doesn't, mean, yeah. it doesn't mean you have it. It just, well, I mean, you have a variant of it, but you don't really have like... Like you, you don't really have it. You okay. don't really like. You could have it. You could get it, but it's not a medical diagnosis. Okay. Any final words? Um, I was surprised that of some of these mixtures because a lot of people always look at me and they say, "You look. Are you Indian? <laughs> or you're some like some sort of like exotic mixture?" And I'm like, "No, I'm like hella Filipino." Yeah. Here, here's here's my Twenty Three and Me app. Take a look. So I mean, yeah, I guess it's good to to be able to like say I'm this, I suppose, right? Yeah, it's just nice, but it doesn't really change anything. Elizabeth Warren should learn from that. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, anyways, she should take this. Yeah, I, I think she took that, and that's the problem. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she she was she was boasting about something for decades, and then Twenty Three and Me said, "Yeah, that's nope. not that's not entirely accurate." But besides that, so. Now this this is a story from another show that I listened to, and they talked about how they took Twenty Three and Me, and and this family, this family took it as a gift to like the parents kind of thing. They went ahead, oh here, mom, here's a Twenty Three and Me kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like for Christmas. Now they have they had an assumption of what their uh, their result was going to be, kind of like you. You had an assumption of what it's going to be. What mm-hmm. what the result they got back is completely unexpected. <laughs> like like they were they they have like ancestries to all these different places like like that doesn't make sense we've never none of none of us have been there kind of thing so mm-hmm. what what ended up happening was that it got really confusing in that family because they're like well did grandpa sleep with somebody and had an affair and I'm a, I'm actually a product of of an affair was I actually <laughs> was was one of my parents that actually adopted and that's why and I was never told about that so that's the reason why I have an actual different genes than than, than I expected. Blah, blah blah. It really upended the family, right? Mm-hmm. They emailed Twenty Three and Me, go, "Hey, was this a mistake? Like, what's going on here?" And then the Twenty Three and Me is like, "Oh, we have like a ninety-eight point whatever accuracy, that kind of thing, right?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so they can't do anything about it. They went ahead and took another Twenty Three and Me test just to troubleshoot and see if they got the same result. And the second result was was what they expected the first time around. What? Exactly. So essentially, the first result they got wasn't right. <laughs> they must have got it for somebody else. It was wrong. It was wrong. So so here's the thing. Like I said, labs are run by humans. Humans make mistakes. Right? So, listeners, if you listen to this and you want to get to entry and me, just keep that in mind. Okay. If you get like a human really, error is inevitable. Yeah, if you get a really weird result, it might be because of human error. To entry and me is not gonna admit to that, of course, but but it you might get human error. So just keep that in mind. As we were talking about Twenty Three and Me, <laughs> Ruthie obviously got the right results because everything kind of matches up with what she expected and more. But yeah, if, if it was completely... and they found that my father was my father, they actually matched us. Oh, well, see, there we go. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's that kind of a thing. So yeah, so yeah. listeners, if you try it, just keep that in the back of your head. If it's completely different, I will try and I will take it again. I know it costs money, but I will take it again just to make sure. So <laughs> before it really cr- makes your life go crazy. But there we yes. go. 
That's 23 it's meant and to be me. fun. <laughs> That's 23NV for the 223rd episode. Yeah. As of this recording, it's currently 4.11 a.m. on February 20th in Paris, France. And it's time to take a look and see what's going on. All right. Speaking of France, apparently the Fencing Federation in France has officially recognized lightsaber dueling as a competitive sport. <laughs> lightsaber <laughs> dueling. I mean, what? What? Exactly. Can we just stop there and just go to the next one? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I mean, can't. I can't. So, uh, listeners, <laughs> click on the link in the show notes. It'll tell you, like, I guess how they what the rules are. Whatever. Just click on the link. (laughs) But speaking of weapons, uh, apparently a court rules that a man, this man can't have a gun license after his dog shoots him with a rifle. What? (laughs) First of all, how does his dog shoot him with a rifle? Maybe the dog was playing around with with the rifle. Oh, what's this big giant stick? And then maybe the safety wasn't on. And then bang. Maybe it was a shotgun and he cocked it on accident and shot his owner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of a dog was this? Was it a big dog? Was it a small dog? Was it a tiny chihuahua who was able to fit his hand through the trigger? What kind of a gun was it? Oh, it's a rifle. It, it's a rifle, yes. But, eh? Well, it was in uh, Munich, Germany, apparently. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Does it mention what the kind of dog this is? Is it a, is it a German shepherd? Is it a German shepherd? <laughs> hey, that's my joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, but yeah, interesting. Uh, speaking of embarrassing, uh, Jenna Coleman of Doctor Who and Victoria TV shows had an embarrassing moment and shared it in the internet, and the internet's like cringing at what it was. So this one, I, I want to say this one. So apparently, uh, she was buying a sandwich at Leeds train station. The man said to him, to her, "Do you want to go for a drink?" And she said, "I oh, I am so sorry. I've got a boyfriend." And he replied. Oh no, it's a meal deal. If you take a sandwich, you get a drink as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I hate that. Like, I have a boyfriend. Sorry. (laughs) Like, uh, no, it's, I'm asking if you want fries with that. (laughs) Oh my God. Or something, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of embarrassing. That's the first thing she thought of. She was buying a sandwich. So, like, what? Yeah. So, so every time she goes to like a fast food place and and they go, do you want a drink with that? Oh no, no. I guess maybe it's the way it's phrased. Do you want to go for a drink? Do you want drink? to go for... Oh, do I you want guess. to go for a drink? Maybe that, maybe that could be what's confusing about it as opposed to but like... But like how would you think of that when you're trying to buy something off of a sandwich off of this person? I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe she gets asked out a lot and that this is just her normal reaction. I hate that though. It's like, it's like the douchiest thing a girl can say. No, sorry. I have a boyfriend. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, in, in I, that kind of voice. Like I get... I got hit on once on the train on the way home and it was so awkward because like this guy also got off on the same stop as me mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, cool. We actually, we, we we get off at the same station. I'm like, yeah. Okay. It was nice talking to you. And he was like, oh, by the way, I was just wondering, um, do you, do you want to have dinner sometime? I'm like, I'm really flattered, but no thanks. And I really resisted the urge to say, I'm I sorry, have I have a boyfriend. Because I didn't want to be like, I'm so sorry, I have a boyfriend. Yeah, because guys, like, guys will think nah, automatically. He's not going to like it. Well, no, not a doubt, but guys will just think, oh, she's obviously lying. Yeah, I'm just like, no, sorry, thanks. Flattered, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, speaking simple. of. Simple. Yeah, Don't simple. have to say I've got a boyfriend. Speaking of TV-related people. Uh, bad segue, but whatever. Uh, Netflix officially cancels The Punisher and Jessica Jones. No! Yeah, this, is, this is to be expected. Uh, it seems like Netflix doesn't, just doesn't want to deal with Disney anymore after since they're going to have their own service, streaming service. Aww. Even though The Punisher and Jessica Jones aren't exactly shows that would show up in the very family-friendly Disney+. Plus, uh, likely, if, if Disney wants to revive this, it will probably be in Hulu, which Disney will have a majority stock on. And most likely, the rule about they can't have these characters come back after two years uh, will probably be in effect. So if you're going to see another Punisher, Jessica Jones, probably won't be till 2022. Ooh. Probably. Speaking of cancellations, um, or sort of, Bumble, the movie Bumblebee that came out a few months ago, it now officially, officially reboots the Transformers movie franchise. Or essentially, the reboots the uh, Michael Bay Transformers movie franchise. So now, 
they huh. can start fresh. We can now all completely ignore those Michael Bay Transformers movies and just start from Oh my movie. god. The yeah. same series of movies are finally over. The Michael Bay ones, yeah. <laughs> and what, what I, and I guess what's kind of sad is that Michael Bay ended his franchise on a cliffhanger too. He complete, mm. Yeah, the last, very, the very last Michael Bay Transformers movie ended in a cliffhanger. So, so if people really wanted to know what happens next, sorry, but that's not gonna happen anymore. Bump. You're better off with what Bumblebee started. So, folks, yeah. Speaking of movies, the Oscars gift bags are full of THC, CBD, and therapy to calm stress out celebs. What do they mean by therapy? Like, here's a free gift card to a therapist. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> Let's see. Let me, click, let me click on that link. Uh, here we go. Here's a list here. Here are some of the items in this year's Oscars gift bag alongside the usual allotments of vacation and jewelry per the independent um, news station, whatever. Uh, Coda Signature Premium Cannabis-Infused Edibles, Topicals, and Concentrates. An annual VIP membership to MOTA, LA's first cannabis-friendly social club. Hmm. Seems to be a team here. Hmm. Uh, private phobia relief sessions with the world's number one phobia expert, Calliope Barless. Maybe that's the therapy part. Age hmm. interventionist Renee Lynn's CBDRX Supreme Protocol. I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> High beauty, high five cannabis, cannabis again, facial moisturizer and high expectations, kind of cannabis, facial oil, instinctive the, the skincare products. <laughs> I feel like that would numb your face, no? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the point, right? <laughs> but yeah. Have you, like, I've, I've never done any kind of drug. <laughs> okay. Like ever. So I don't even know what it is, like what the hype is around getting high or like. Makes you, edibles it it or, makes you feel good. That's usually what people say. I mean, I for the first, very, very first time, I my friend gave me um, a CBD gummy. Mm -hmm. And I literally just felt so, like one, I, I just felt so sleepy and relaxed. But nothing really else. Like I wasn't buzzing. I didn't feel high, I think. I didn't feel drunk. Okay. It was weird. Yeah, I just got really sleepy. Mm, okay. And that's what's going on. Uh, before we talk about our last segment, which is uh, Oscars, 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 uh, just in case the listeners actually care, Ruthie, where can people find you online? Hold on, let me put up my notes. <laughs> notes? Sorry. Where you can people can find you online? <laughs> yes, I need my notes. <laughs> okay. You can find me on Instagram at Grace, G R A C E 1 3, for DIY pics, travel pics, food pics, cat pics, and other random pics. You can also find me on b.entwine, that's B-E.E-N-T-W-I-N-E-D for event designs and planning for birthdays, baby showers, gender reveals, bridal showers, weddings, and other party design needs. Check us out. And I feel like I need to em emphasize this. That's also on Instagram. That's also on Instagram. You said this to me last time, too. <laughs> right. I have to say that one more time. But I said you can also find me. Yeah, but because when you hear b.entwine, you go, oh, is that a new URL? Be oh, yeah, entwined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can also find me on B. Entwined on Instagram. Okay, I'm going to add that to my thing. Okay, we'll, we'll see you for next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> and this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. You can find me on the other podcast, Extra Spoils, still, still on hiatus. You can find me on the uh, I Saw the Movie blog for my non spoiler movie reviews, on the uh, weekly comic strip that I do with Lewis, and pretty much anything who works by.com. If you want to show your support, because we need it, head over to whowhatworswhy.com slash support to find out how. If you want to send us a quick comment, leave, you can leave it at our Instagram page, our Facebook page, or on the website itself. And music has been provided by the White Axis. Find them at thewhyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at the show notes and at whowhatworswhy.com. So, uh, as of this recording, it is a few days before the Oscars at ABC, the 91st Academy Awards. And a lot of people are all talking about, or a lot of people online are all talking about how you're not going to watch it. Why should we watch it? Why does it exist? Who cares? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I actually thought it was last Sunday and I totally forgot to watch it. Then I realized it wasn't last Sunday, so I haven't forgotten to watch it. Yeah, but even, even then, it wasn't <laughs> in your mind at all. But I think yeah, I, no. but I think this is the point though, and I, I feel like I always have to explain this every year. Uh, like people, for some reason, they feel like they're supposed to be obligated to watch Academy Awards, and mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, why? 
if, if yeah. just because you watch movies doesn't mean you actually care about the industry. And one and the other thing that people don't seem to understand is that this is actually like an industry related award. Because mm-hmm. unlike other award shows, this is actually voted by your peers. You know, it's no it's no different than than the uh, the producers guild, the writers guild, the directors guild. You know, voted by your right. peers. Now, admittedly, the Academy Award is still is still uh, not everybody in the industry gets to vote. And if I remember correctly, the number of people in the Academy Awards is about like eighty two hundred people. Right, eighty two hundred people yeah. are in the Academy Awards. It's very exclusive. Very exclusive, but pretty much they invite people every year. Uh, just last year alone, they they invited seven hundred and seventy four people, right? Which is which is actually a lot because they normally they normally only invite about one hundred fifteen a year. So now they're just I think they're just trying to increase the numbers as much as possible. Hmm. Uh, I believe and last year, um, oh, by the academy's account, about forty nine percent of those invited last year were women. So hmm. so there we go. Um, Essentially, that's that's the current goal right now by the current academy to try to raise the minorities, raise the diversity, raise the amount of women in the voting pool, because the the stereotype is that academy members nothing but old people from back in the old days who probably don't even make movies anymore, that kind of thing. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. No, but, but I, I honestly just watch it for the fashion, and then after that, it's like okay. Yeah. So there's not really. So, so there's that. So people watch it for the fashion, like you said. People watch it for seeing the celebrities on screen, kind of thing. People want to watch it for literally what it was meant for. It's like recognizing uh, the art of filmmaking and the people behind it, right? There was a whole uh, thing about how originally they were going to try and shorten the telecast by cutting out certain categories from the from the presentation, and which was like cinematography and and editing and basically things that are actually important in filmmaking. And you're going to and the Oscars is just going to ignore it. So, so a lot of like people in Hollywood were complaining about that. Like, hey, this is supposed to celebrate us, and you're doing everything you can not to celebrate us. I guess they were going to also cut out the musical performance to just two songs, but then they also re- uh, complain. So now they're showing all the songs now. Uh, I believe Queen is actually going to perform in the Academy Awards as well, even though they're not nominated really? for a, yeah, they're not even nominated <laughs> for a song, but they're going to be there because their movie Bohemian Rhapsody is nominated. So they're gonna be there. There's not gonna be a host because the whole Kevin Hart thing, and like now they now they have no host. So There's not gonna be a host. There's not gonna be a host. They ha- I don't I don't think they've had a host. But I don't think they've done this since the '80s. I think there was one year in the '80s where they didn't have a host. Could be wrong about There's that. Just a, a series of presenters. Uh, yeah, it's just gonna be a series of presenters, which is fine. Um, and a lot of people complain about oh the Oscars is too long. So. Uh, I don't really have an issue with how long it is. You know, I usually watch it through DVR. So I wait about 45 minutes and then and then I start watching it. And I can just fast forward through the parts I don't, I don't care for, you mm-hmm. know. So, but at the, at the same time, it's like, like uh, people don't seem to realize that un- this is not any different than watching the Super Bowl. If you're not a fan of football or if you're not a fan of sports, why are you watching the Super Bowl? It's to watch it and to be on the same page as everybody the next day who's talking about right. it and watched it. Yes, and that mentality is trying is supposed to be carried over to the Oscars, but then it seems like people are even more like complaining about well, why should I watch it? That's the whole point. You don't have to watch it. You don't have no like if anything, we should be watching the State of the Union address of the president, not the Super Bowl or the Oscars. It's not mandatory. Yeah, it's not mandatory. It's like and and no, they don't have to cater to you if you're not the target audience for the Oscars. You know, if you're not the target audience for the Super Bowl, they don't have to cater to you. They want to cater to you, which is why they're trying to do all these changes. To make it more mainstream, but I think it loses the, the whole point of what the Oscars are. If you want to try to cater to the audience, the people's the People's Choice Award is there, you know, and it, that's the reason why nobody really cares about the People's Choice Award because it feels fake when when mm-hmm. when when anybody could like sway a vote. So pretty much, yeah, and when the, you can text, you can vote by text. Yeah, and then uh, not only that, but uh, I also compared the Oscars to like a graduation ceremony. You're only there for to see your relative or your child or or your brother or whatever, and throughout the majority of the uh, graduation ceremony are people you don't really care about. You know, they're all mm-hmm. these still things, but you're just waiting for the moment. And I compare that to the Oscars. It's kind of like the Academy's, the filmmakers' uh, graduation or celebrating what they did the past year. 
Pretty much. Yeah. It's an award ceremony. It's an award. Like, it's literally. Yeah. If you think about the award ceremonies that you've attended when you were a kid, I mean, you were waiting for everybody else to get their awards and then you get your award or like your parents are just waiting for you to get recognized and then that's it. And then picture, picture, picture. And nobody really cares anymore. Exactly. Yeah. But, but the, the, what, the, what's the, so the Oscars people, it, it may not be for you. So feel free to not watch it. Just like stop bragging about how you're not going to watch it. It, it just it just seems it just sounds silly, right? And um, I kind of wish the Oscars actually had the whole cachet, like like watch it for the ads, like the Super Bowl does. You don't care about football? Watch Super Bowl for the ads. If the Oscars had that, I mean, I think that would be great. I mean, they they could be like promoting new movie trailers in between mm-hmm. awards, right? Yeah, that's why true. not. You hear that, uh, Oscars? Why don't you do that? Right? Maybe they'll get more people to watch it. <laughs> Um, but 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 more people to care for the commercials, not yeah. for the show. Yeah, but then but like I said, but the whole the whole reason why slightly defensive about the Oscars, even though, like I said, I fast forward through most of it, it is because it's voted by your peers. If you if you're doing a job, and and there was an award for your job, you want it to be voted by people in in your job in your industry, as opposed to like a random person across the street who goes, I vote for that person, not Ruthie. <laughs> Right, because I like her, or I vote for Albert because he's cool and I like him, and I just want him to win. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's a little bit of that at the Oscars as well, but at least it's voted by people in your industry, so there's that at least. There's still a popularity contest. There's still there's still of like, well, he hasn't got an award in a long time, so let's go ahead and give it to him. There's a little bit of that, but but at the same at the same time, the purpose of the Oscars is still pretty much to celebrate filmmaking and to celebrate. The people who work in filmmaking, and and just to you know congratulate each other, and like which like which I guess people don't like. Oh yeah, the other thing people don't like about the Oscars is the politics. I guess people are tired of people talking politics in their uh, acceptance speech, using it as a stage. Yeah, but at the same time, it is their platform. They have the thirty seconds to, to a minute to say whatever they wanted to. If they, if that's what they want to do, it that's 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 that's, that's on that's them. Their, that's their moment. That's their moment. You know, I guess you just can't. You just have to ignore it or what, you know. So fast forward through it. Just do what I do. Put in DVR, wait four or five minutes, and then watch it. And then go from there. Unless you're one of those people who like to live tweet an event, then I guess you're just forced to watch it. <laughs> yeah, but there we go. That's my I, – I had two, two – uh, not really rants. Two pleas. One in the beginning. Watch Lita Bell Angel. And then uh, if you don't want to watch the Oscars, then don't. Just – just then don't that's all just just don't just don't, don't. yeah alright thanks for listening this was episode 223 of the Stuff and Junk show thanks for joining us until next time this has been a podcast on the Who What Works Why Network <laughs> <laughs>